This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to On the Bench. I am Brendan Sinone because I'm technically on vacation. I'm going to be a little passive aggressive here. Guys, let's go around the let's go around the room and uh, and pronounce FSU's latest commitment's last name. Josh, you first. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I had no intention of saying it. Why did you do that to me? I told you I'm going to be passive aggressive. You guys were practicing it before the pod. I was just sitting here. Chris, help, help, help him out. Chemo Macanole. I'm messing that up a little bit, but it ends with an ole and Macanole. And it kind of has That's, a nole in it too. Yeah, I sat on the phone with him and I asked him three times to do it. And the first time I literally was completely puzzled if I was going to be able to pull it off. <laughs> I probably still didn't do a very good job, but the fact that I remember the LA at the end is solid instead of like a hardy. Um, yeah. And it's got a little we'll bit of a, like him, a, a we'll goal in it too. Yeah. We'll call him FSU's newest commitment. How about that? <laughs> FSU got a commitment on Sunday from Chemo Macanole. Is that right, Chris? Uh, it was, yeah. Hey. For me, my standards for pronunciation are incredibly low. That's an A. Uh, the three-star offensive lineman from Niceville, Josh, you got the scoop on it. But before we get into chemo, because we haven't done a podcast since FSU lost three-star offensive line commit, Jake Slaughter to UF, he flipped. Uh, there seems to be a direct correlation here. You lose a guy, uh, you end up offering a local one who you had your eye on for about a month now, and he commits. So they're kind of related in some sense. Real quick, Josh, let's go over the Jake Slaughter decommitment the flip to florida my thought real quick it's more about Mm -hmm. optics uh it doesn't look great to lose a commitment to your rival uh, but we kind of thought this was a possibility for a while and slaughter's fine but a limited upside so i I didn't think it was a huge loss if you were able to replace him which it seems like they did but people don't want to hear my thoughts they would like to hear yours josh yeah no i agree i agree somewhat with that sentiment we also have to remember jake slaughter was fsu's first offensive line commitment it was important at the time um, he had visited campus, I believe, three times, probably more than uh, more or as much as any prospect FSU is recruiting. So when Jake Slaughter committed to FSU back in April, um, we felt he was pretty solid, but we always knew if that UF offer came around, we were going to have problems. So I believe he picked up UF on May 4th. Yeah, I have that correct. So, so he commits to FSU in mid-April. UF comes in with the offer on May 4th. Now, I was going to put in a, a foot pick for UF, but at the time I was told, you know, it's, he's going to flip, but it's probably not going to be until he can visit again. Well, that was on May 4th or May 5th. This dead period has continued on the shutdown has continued on. And yes, or whatever day it happened. Um, I got tipped off that morning that, you know, it was go time. Slaughter's going to go ahead and flip put my crystal ball in and I think what less than two hours later, three hours later, he had, uh, he had made the decision to commit to Florida. Um, it wasn't completely unexpected. Um, 
just the timing of it was was going to be unknown. I always thought he was going to maybe take some visits, but hey, the season's getting here and it doesn't look like this shutdown is going to lift anytime soon. So he went ahead and made the switch. At the better time. Now, oh, sorry. Go ahead, be, Chris. I was just going to say better now than later, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Like if it was going to happen, it felt like it always was going to happen, even though it wasn't imminent when the offer first came. It just one yeah. of those things be done with it. Yeah. And I kind of, I wanted to put a crystal ball in back in May, but I didn't want it to be one of those things where fans or people on the message board are always asking me, well, when's he going to flip? When's he, do you still think he's going to flip? So I, and then I kind of forgot about it, to be honest with you, you know, he's sitting on the commit list for a while. Um, but when I got the tip, I wasn't completely shocked by it. I intended to flip my crystal ball, but then I fell asleep and took a nap <laughs> and he, and he flipped in that time. So I woke up to a crystal ball being wrong. <laughs> it happens. Oh, did, did you have him going to Florida state initially? Oh, did I? I, Oh God. I, I think I, I think I had an old one in there for the original commitment to right. FSU. How, how Cause we expected that commitment for some time. That's the rare you miss. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah, hey, I forgot I'm to not introduce us. We should do that. They know by now. They know who we are. Okay. Maybe not. This could be someone's very first time listening and they're very disoriented and disjointed and hate us. Me specifically. Uh, I was going to say, I thought the Jake Slaughter decommitment at the time, real quick, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but we all liked him. Didn't love Jake Slaughter, right? We thought it's a limited center class. It's a position to need. Uh, So it was a fine Mm -hmm. take, right? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's undercut a little bit by getting Bryson Estes afterwards. I think we were all higher on Bryson as an interior lineman than Jake Slaughter. Uh, so it wasn't like the, the sky's falling. It was more the, to me, the optics, but regardless, FSU seems to have, seems to have had a plan. Uh, looks like they were pretty quick to go ahead and, and offer chemo uh, from, am I saying his name right again? Yeah. Just chemo. You can't go wrong. Well, yeah. Yeah. Chemo. Let's, let's go with chemo. We've introduced him. So from here on out, he's chemo. It's just, it's just chemo. Yeah. Uh, I think it, people need to understand, though, chemo is not a center replacement. It's not correct. tit for tat. No, and it's more I don't think, interior offensive line, potentially yeah. with some swing ability, right? Yeah. And I, I don't think center is a huge concern for FSU in this class. Like getting a guy or two who can play it is a good thing to do. It's worthwhile. I think every class you should kind of check each line box, getting at least one or two guys <laughs> you tried, at each spot. to avoid it. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I dived into the deep end on that one. Um, but, like, they have Marie Smith. They have Thomas Schrader. There are guys on the roster in the future capable of playing that position. I still think they should take one in this class, but I don't feel it's a necessity like the tackle position is for them, where they do have to get people that are going to help them at tackle. And Josh, you dropped a little scoop on the message or the, in the on the message board the other day because we had a thread going on just different intel people want to know about players currently on campus. And you dropped a little nugget about Thomas Schrader of the incoming freshman offensive line class looking possibly the most ready to go. I guess someone who looks like he's yeah. I wouldn't even mentally. say I wouldn't even say it's ready to go. I think like just early on he showed some promise because I don't want that tidbit to mean that like he's going to play this year or make an impact this year, but. Um, you know, from people that have been around the game for a long time that know this stuff, just from seeing Schrader early on, um, I'm told that, you know, he has some of the toughness, some of the mentality that's needed, um, to be a good offensive lineman. So yeah, there's just some promise there early on with Schrader. And, and yes, I am told that he's looking at the center position. 
And I, and think I, guess that, I should have specified that. I didn't mean good to go like ready to start right away. I meant you could usually tell with an offensive lineman mm-hmm. pretty early on whether they have it or not, at least whether they'd be a one or two year guy or like as it's going to be a project, I think. So that, that's more what I meant. He looks like he could, he looks the part. That's a credit to the Venice football program. Very good football yeah, program. Sure. Very good athletic program as a whole. And Thomas, he just has that kind of makeup. He's, he's the kind of kid that likes putting his nose into the fan. So we got Bryson Estes in the fold. You lose Jake Slaughter, and you go ahead and you add a new offensive lineman in chemo. And like Chris said, it's not necessarily he's the center because he's not. He's probably a, a guard tackle. Chris, I do want to get your thoughts on chemo because you you wrote about him a pretty in-depth about a month ago when FSU first started showing interest. So what are your thoughts about him as a player and what FSU is getting? Yeah, nice is a school I've had a long relationship with. Their main recruiting coach, assistant coach on that staff, Coach Romson, someone who I'm good friends with. He's always done a great job of promoting his kids, getting them offers, things like that. And then the head coach there is a guy that I've known for a long time, even before he was there as a head coach. So that's a program I've always liked. And Chemo is a guy that, you know, if they're on the panhandle west of here, I like keeping up with them because there's not a lot of other people in the business who keep up with the kids in that area. Chemo is a kid that I knew was good. And then we started seeing that offer list pick up steam with like a Texas A&M coming in. And, you know, here recently, in addition to FSU kicking the tires and showing interest, Alabama and Clemson were as well, especially Clemson here in the last couple of weeks. He, I just liked him. The main question with him was measurements. He tells me he's six foot five, 285 pounds. I, you know, I think we had him at 6'4", 280. So that's a ballpark that gives you an idea of where we think he is. Um, he told me guard tackle is what FSU likes him as. I like him as a player. I love kids out in Iceville's program. It's kind of like Venice. They're prepared well, and they come out usually ready to play, especially their linemen. Their guys work really hard. They've produced a lot of guys, kids that have gone to Auburn in recent years, for example. So talented guy right down the road. I think in a year where FSU needs to stockpile offensive linemen, get a few guys that can do different things, who can play different spots, I think it's a very sensible take, and he's a kid that wants to be there. He loves Coach Atkins. He told me that the reason he committed sight unseen the moment he got offered was his relationship with Coach Atkins and that he can see himself playing for Coach Atkins. Niceville is absolutely a chip-on-your-shoulder program. I feel like every kid that comes oh, yeah. out of there has that kind of – it's kind of a panhandle deal too, right, Nee? Like that's – you got to have that little bit of grit because you do get overlooked so but often coming from they, that area. They play good football. They have right. a good strength and conditioning program. Friday nights over there is about the best it gets in the state of Florida. I mean, it's a great setting for a high school football game, especially when they're playing a quality opponent. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of place that most kids that come out of there have value in the college game. Wanya Thomas at Georgia Tech is a great example of a kid currently kicking ass and taking names in the college game who came out of there. So, yeah, I'll take a Niceville kid. And Coach Romson's the kind of guy when he vouches for a kid to me. I take him at his word. I mean, he's a promoter. He tries to get his kids offers right. and scholarships. He works really hard for his guys, as he should. But when he tells me straight up, I think this kid is quality FSU level, it, it rings true for me because he's a guy that knows what FSU level is. Deontay Sheffield, a good example of someone mm-hmm. who is FSU has maximized his value on. It sucks for him because he hasn't gotten a scholarship like he was promised under Jimbo's staff, but he's someone who has been – extremely valuable given his capacity as a walk-on, as a recruiter, uh, as a guy who adds depth to multiple positions and, and did well in a pinch last year uh, late in the season. Josh, can you give our listeners an idea of just how quickly Kimo's recruitment really sped up? I mean, I just, even today, five hours ago, Nee said uh, there was not an offer yet. And now here we are on Sunday night recording a podcast on him committing. Yeah, man. You never know how 
how your next scoop's going to get to you. And it's always, not always random, but today was a, a really weird one. Um, Chris checked in with chemo, I think this morning, no offer. And I got a tip <clears throat> from, I'm not going to give it away, but it was, it was a, uh, a member on the site gave oh. me a tip and we ran it down really quickly um, between me and Chris. Chris was able to confirm it on the Niceville side of things. And they were even surprised that we had known so quickly that, yes, he indeed committed. Um, so, yeah, it went down really fast. But oh, so, so was, it wasn't even the <laughs> offer that you heard about, Josh? It was the or, or you, it was a commitment or the offer you heard about first? I was a member of our site. Shout out to the member Don't of our it. site. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not going to name them, him or her. And, um, hi, Noel. I was told that he actually committed. Uh, the, the person okay. told me that, you know, they had Intel that chemo had just gotten off the phone with Mike Norvell and wow. informed him that he was committing. So obviously, um, I had assumed that the offer had been extended. Uh, Chris with the relationships that he has on the Niceville side of things was able to confirm it pretty quickly. And, um, that's how it kind of came to be today. Yeah, Josh called me. I just finished mowing the entire front and backyard of my house. So I'm soaking wet and sweat as Josh calls me, getting ready to take a shower to tell me this. It's I actually funny. called you a couple times. You picked up that last time. Yeah, I know it's funny. I don't know if this is a good thing that I know Chris's tendencies. He was either napping or doing yard work. I knew it was one of the two when he would respond <laughs> with that text in the first five minutes. So 12:40 this afternoon, I got a text and I said from a person that tells me about chemo stuff they said closer i said what exactly does that mean they said fsu and chemo i think something's going to happen soon between you and me and then you know here we are basically what is it 8 30 like eight hours later and he's in the boat committed you know that happened i think that this is one of those where fsu has known for a while that he was definitely one of the next guys up on the board you know him a guy like cameron scott that we've talked about Nothing FSU does with offensive line offers ever seems like rash. You know what I mean? Everything, there's a buildup to it. You know, Cameron Scott's been in contact for a long time. Ruquan Buckley's a kid that they dealt with for several weeks before he got the offer. Uh, Rod Orr's a guy that they had a relationship with before they offered. Jacoby's one of those guys. Just most times it seems like Atkins likes to get a feel for a kid before he pulls the trigger, unless it's one of those no doubt or Marius Mims types. That's FSU in general, I think, under Mike Norvell. I think that's a Norvell yes. deal from, from Memphis. There's some exceptions, obviously. Like we saw the defensive end board get kind of a shotgun approach with like four or five new names going on at, at once. But even then, it was a buildup to that uh, offer streak going out. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's a Norvell-Memphis kind of throwback thing that we're seeing on the offensive line. Let's see. Josh, I wanted one more – I had one more question for you about chemo. Oh, do you have his? Uh, do you have his measure or his uh, his profile stuff up in front of you right now? You can. Chemo? Yeah, I can. Chemo Matata, the artist formerly known as Chemo, currently known as Chemo. That's what we're calling him. All right, you mentioned Chris mentioned the Texas A and M offer. What uh, did you want me to find? Paul? The whole entire offer list, because I think it's the darn solid. Oh, one. his entire offer list. Oh, yeah. he's got a bunch. Um, yeah. I but I was told that it really came down to um, Louisville. Okay. Uh, they were the program that he was probably leaning toward the most uh, prior to this. I know Texas A&M was sniffing around a little bit. I mean, he's got like, what do we got? Probably close to 30 total offers, but yeah. Um, yeah. 
Mississippi State's in there, USF, UCF, Arizona State, Boston College. I mean, we always you know say whenever Boston College offers, it means something. Duke, you know who offered him from there? Greg Fry, uh-huh. uh, Colorado. Uh, yeah, you know, Adazio he's got a bunch offered of him. Adazio offered him. Adazio, yeah. Uh, Missouri. Oh, I was told actually uh, the two teams that he was probably considering the heaviest prior to FSU coming in was Missouri and Louisville. Okay. And then and, obviously UCF's a you know, eh. national champion from 2017. Power fives only, buddy. Yeah, uh-huh. come on. Okay. Uh, Chris, I did you? have oh, – well, real quick, I did have somebody tied to Mississippi State text me after he committed and say, you know, basically FSU got a good one. I want to get your thoughts on his game a little bit more, Chris. Or I'll tell you what I think of him. When you first mentioned him about a month ago on the message board, I watched his film. A little bit raw, but, man, like athletic – he climbs to the second level really well, pulls really well, plays under control and physical, wants to hit yes. someone, decletes people. Those are the two things that stand out to me. Like you said, measurables, we wanted to know. Uh, but, man, give me those two ingredient, ingredients, athletic and wants to hit someone. Is there anything else to the game that you would expound on or, or say I'm missing on him? No, I mean, the physicality is the first thing that jumps out at me. He wants to hit people. He wants to get his hand on them. He wants to finish blocks. And he's got good enough feet to do it at the second level. So, I think there's plenty to mold there. I don't think he's done growing. I know the genetics of the family are pretty good as far as size. So I, you know, I think he might come into FSU a little bigger than his current measurables. Josh, I'll throw this to you first, but Chris, please feel free to add to it. The offensive line board, what do we think is next uh, at that position in the 2021 cycle for FSU? Well, obviously offensive tackles. Um, I, re- I wrote a recruiting scoop on Knowles 24-7 on Saturday morning and um, mentioned that Rod or and Rukon Buckley both were on FaceTime calls with the FSU staff this week. So obviously tackle is a priority. Um, but yes, when, when you talk about rounding out the class, I do think they're going to try to take another interior guy and to kind of build off of what Chris said earlier. I know fans are going to do this because Jake Slaughter decommitted, but don't worry about whether or not FSU signs another center. Um, they're going to view it as an interior guy. If he can play center, he can play center. You got Thomas Schrader, who who is is going to fill that role for the 2020 class. Uh, 2019, Maurice Smith is coming along. It looks like he's going to have a future at the center position. So I wouldn't say that FSU has to go out and get another center. Bryson Estes could move down and play center, could move outside and play tackle, probably going to be a guard, but he has that type of flexibility. So if Florida State can find somebody to play center, they will, but they don't necessarily need to replace one just because Jake Slaughter decommitted. Uh, I know I have a feeling that's going to be a message that we're going to have to repeat a lot, but that's just it moving forward. Um, Let me just address it now because I know a bunch of people are waiting to find out if Michael Myslinski is going to fill that role. He's the offensive center from Bishop Kenny in Jacksonville. Um, no, I don't think Michael Myslinski right now is in the cards for FSU. Uh, spoke to a good source just prior to jumping on the podcast and was told they think it's going to be either Texas or Michigan State. Remember, he's not really a Jacksonville in-state Florida kid. He's just the son of the Jacksonville Jags strength coach. Um, <clears throat> doesn't necessarily have ties to the Sunshine State. So I don't think he's in the cards. So moving forward, um, Cam Scott, he's a guy that we talk a lot about. He could still uh, get an offer and play guard. He's out of Texas. But right now, the focus is going to be on offensive tackle. Yeah, and I only thing I'll add to that is I think the likelihood is you see another offer to, to a center, 
to a guy who is truly mm-hmm. a center. But I don't think they're in a rush to do that. I think they're going to try to find kind of like how they feel guys out in Chemo's case, Cam Scott's case, and past cases we've talked about. I think they're going to kind of take their time and figure out who they should go after at that spot. I don't I don't think the loss of Jake Slaughter is something that caused them to push an emergency button. I think that's everything on the offensive line right now. I do want to take a quick commercial break because we had some scoop. Josh specifically had it over the weekend on a really high priority target visiting campus. So we'll take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back to wrap up the podcast with uh, some, some nice VIP knowledge on you. All right. Welcome back to on the bench. We are wrapping up here with Newberg's recruiting scoop. Uh, you dusted off the recruiting scoop on Saturday morning, like you said, Josh, and, and dropped some nuggets. But before we get to that uh, story that developed later on in the day, Destin fat pays on visited campus. And that's a big deal. He's a four-star wide receiver from new Orleans. Uh, one that we all have crystal balls in one. We, we thought had uh, this player had committed to FSU or was going to commit. Sorry. I threw myself off when I said we had crystal balls in. I'm not going to lie. I, I said it awkwardly <laughs> and it just really, <laughs> it caught me off guard there. Morning Sinone is so much better than evening Sinone because evening Sinone, all the brown stuff in his bloodstream has soaked in and he just, he's just not on tap like you. It's getting the best of you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you want to talk about fat or uh, should I just keep rambling? All right. No, no, no. Uh, Four star wide receiver out of Edna Carr High School out in New Orleans took an unofficial visit to FSU over the weekend. Um, I got word from a source just as Paison was leaving campus. Um, He traveled to Tallahassee, which is about a six-hour drive from New Orleans, with a couple of coaches from his high school. So interesting to note that there was no family with him on the trip, but he was with a couple coaches. Um, I also asked if there was any uh, prospects that traveled with them, and I was told no. It was just Paisan. Um, So as you guys know, during this ongoing dead period, which which currently runs through the month of August now, Um, A prospect is able to visit campus on his own dime, but he cannot have any face-to-face contact with anybody from FSU, coaches, players, uh, tour guides, no nothing. Um, They can't have any interaction with the coaching staff while they're there, but they can tour, walk around, do whatever they want on their own um, and forever for however long they want to do it. So I was told that Paisan came through did his thing. Obviously when he was there, he's talking to the FSU coaches. You're allowed to do that on the phones. Uh, sometimes they do it. They do FaceTime. So while Paison walks around, the coaches can kind of tell him what he's looking at. And um, it's all kind of goofy, but these are the rules that we're playing by right now. So um, yeah, Paison was on campus. We all have crystal ball picks in for him. He's the 18th ranked wide receiver in the country and the 105th best player overall. So we are talking about a big time prospect here. I moved crystal balls. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Drop that. I moved my uh, confidence level from a seven to a 10, and I don't drop tens very often. Ooh, wee baby. And I used a a Dame time uh, one on that one, my boy Dame. That was was very well done, Christopher. You're welcome, buddy. (laughs) That would be huge. I don't want to get into a commitment analysis or anything like that right now, mainly because I'm recording this podcast on my hotspot because my internet's not working and data and whatnot and passive aggressive vacation but uh that would be a huge development for fsu josh talking about i was just gonna throw in talking about fat and the fact he took the visit on his own time chemo told me that he's hoping to come over in the next two weeks 
Okay, and that'll be a little bit easier for him, but right. less right. than two hours away. Yeah, he he had hope to visit back in March, but things shut down before he was able to, and right. it just hasn't happened. And he was going to certainly do it if they offered, but he got ahead of himself and just committed when they offered, so now he's going to do it. What do you think the odds are, Chris, that we'll be doing a fat podcast reaction this week? Well, again, vacation. I'm not. Paison's made us wait this long. Yeah. So like, I'm just, I'm not locking myself into a date with him. But you he locked could, yourself into a 10. That's going to mean something. going to do it. It's just a matter of, it's going to be sometime between now and when he enrolls. So, <laughs> but I'm 100% confident it will be FSU as long as Mike Norvell uh, Ron Dugans, David Johnson, and uh, Kenny Dillingham are here. Why does Josh? Why do you have your hand, your face in your hand? Because I'm hungry. My girlfriend oh, okay. picked up dinner, and it's sitting outside. And I'm listening to you guys bicker about this. So you you want to end the podcast? You want to no, add no, any no, of your no. crew? I'm here students? to hang out. No, we're partying. <laughs> Bring Allison on. <laughs> we still have to do the women of on the bench. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll happen if uh, if fall practice gets delayed a month. We would be really desperate for content. Uh, do you want to go over the recruiting scoop real quick, Josh, or at least a couple of them, direct people to where they can go on those 24 <clears throat> Tease them. Give them a tease. Yeah. Um, for those that have been longtime members of the site, I dusted off the old recruiting scoop. Haven't done that in a while, it seems. Woo. And um, dropped some heat, mainly about um, why, about the Jake Slaughter stuff. Oh, some of the juicier stuff on 2022 QBs. Um, I reached out to MJ Morris this week. Uh, this is all in the recruiting scoop. You guys can find it on Knowles 24-7. But we exchanged a few messages, and he told me that he was attending a passing camp in Indianapolis this week, but otherwise he planned to be to campus. And I was like, oh, campus do tell. And I was like, what city? And he's like, Tallahassee. And I was like, okay, so you're telling me that you had plans to be there, but you're not going to be there? And he's like, yeah, that's right, but uh, we're, we're going to go back. And I was like, okay, so what schools do you plan to visit between now and the start of your season? He's like, oh, just FSU. Uh, my mom and they, them decided that we're going to make this a little mini vacation, and we're just going to go to FSU for, for a couple hours. So that's kind of big news. And I also reached out, but haven't gotten an exact date. But FSU's other top 22 quarterback out of Arizona, Nico Marky, Mar, help me out here, Chris. It has been a night for names. <laughs> Macanoli. Nico Markiel. Um, I'll, I'll figure out how to spe- uh, spell that and pronounce it before he commits. Nico He's Kimo. also trying to make a visit to Tallahassee before the season begins. He's out at Chandler, Arizona. Um, I have, he's the one. I think he's the only 2022 prospect I have a FSU crystal ball in for. All right. That's for Nico. I don't That's have one in on MJ. Yeah. Wait yeah. till Monday. Wait till we want, want to crank up the, uh, the VIP juice a little bit. Well, the deal Let's here see. with these 2022 QBs is these oh, are the top two, the ones that I just mentioned. And it's kind of first come first serve. Like there's one spot there and it's, they don't, I don't think the staff really has a preference. It's whoever, whoever takes it first gets All right. it. I like it. I like that. Uh, I like that approach. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's anything else on the podcast before we wrap up. Oh, all right, guys. Since I'm taking my, since you mentioned a mini vacation uh, and I'm going to talk about my vacation one more time, I'm doing a staycation. Do you want to hear about what I want to do on it real did quick? You make your, did you make your mac and cheese? That's what, okay. That's going to be tomorrow. Uh, I think I'm going to try to like do one a day or maybe like a, just how ah, that might be too much. Even Are you making day. a roux? 
See, I didn't even know what a rue was until Linnefelt, until Tim Linnefelt dropped it in my mentions the other day. He's right. If you're not making a rue, you're not making mac it's and like cheese. It's like a cream. I gathered it's like a creamy sauce that, that mm-hmm. you put it in it's before the, glue. the baking process. It's okay. the glue. All right. Oh, it rhymes the, the rue glue. Uh, so, yeah, the mac and cheese is going to be on the priority list. I'm going to go to Alligator Point one day and collect rocks because Ashley wants rocks for her garden, and I would like to go to the beach. I'm just going to drive down by myself. And uh, and hit up a bunch of uh, out of the way uh, liquor stores. That sounds fun. Bourbon hunting. I'm gonna. So just gonna walk into the water and never stop walking. Uh, all right, guys. Let's. Hey, uh, Sinon, Here's a, here's another pro tip for the mac and cheese. I I made my first homemade mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. Like you, like you're about to. Mm-hmm. I finished it on the smoker. Well, I don't have a smoker. That sounds delicious, though. How'd it come uh, out? Get a smoker. It was, Sounds it was like excellent. it's a good time to get a smoker. <laughs> My neighbor has yeah. a smoker, and I'm so envious because about three times a week, it's the most heavenly smell with the, the hey, wood chips. It's awesome. This is the time to get it because we're we're just home all the time. Yeah, not the time to smoke some meat. All right, uh, I'm gonna go smoke some meat now. For uh, for Josh Newberg and Chris Neamberg and so I don't know what I meant by that. Yeah, it's been on the bench. Trying to figure it out. Yeah, let's go. You did not stick the landing.